G'day everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Disregulator Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. Today's episode, I'm coming to you in an extremely sleep-deprived state because I reckon if I was lucky, I got two hours sleep last night, probably less. Now, in isolation, you know, two hours or less of sleep is not a good time anytime, but the thing that is the problem, the bigger problem for me at the moment is that this is becoming more and more regular. So over the last 18 months or so, you know, on average once or twice a month, I would I would have nights where I don't sleep at all or I get like one or two hours. But more recently, the last like three months maybe, this is happening like three or four times per month, you know, and that's that's a bit of a concern. It's really frustrating too because at my job, one of the shifts that I work is a 5am start and there's been quite a few times lately where I've rocked up the work to start at 5am and I'm running on zero sleep. It's not good. It's not good at all. And it's not good because the frequency is increasing and I'm not completely sure why that is, but we need to try and do something about it because today has not been fun. It's not been fun at all. You know, that's the thing. My mood state is pretty brittle at the best of times. It doesn't take much to sort of knock me off course and, and all of a sudden we're going into this depressive negative spiral, you know, downwards. It doesn't take that much. And I'll tell you, lack of sleep is one hell of a catalyst for that process to occur, that negative sort of spiral downwards. You know, sleep is so important. It's so important for your physical health, but it's also so important for your mental health. Whether you've got a mental illness or not, it doesn't matter. Sleep deprivation is not good. It is not a good thing. So that's what I've been up against today. And as I said, the problem is it's becoming more and more frequent, and I'm not completely sure why that is. So I'm going to tell I'm going to go through some of the symptoms that I've been feeling today because of my lack of sleep. Now, obviously, you know, you guys, this should resonate with all of us because, you know, we've all had moments when we've been sleep deprived. But, you know, I'll still give you this bit of insight and 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 try to explain how it affects me personally. Maybe there'll be some differences. Maybe there'll be some commonalities. Don't know. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. So the first thing is very dehydrated. I'm just so dry in the mouth and just everything feels dry. My skin, ugh, just shocking. And, you know, I've tried to drink a bit of water, but, yeah, it just hasn't done the, done the job. So very dehydrated and everything that comes with that. Um. My blood pressure is high. I checked my blood pressure before. We're sitting at about 155, 160, over 90, 95, which is getting up there. So that's not good. Um, so yeah, my blood pressure always goes up when I'm, I'm sleep deprived. I said before about me starting work at 5 a.m. Even if I get a reasonable sleep before starting at 5 a.m., I've found that my blood pressure when I finish my shifts, the early shifts, is usually elevated because of that sort of lack of lack of restful sleep. Um, you know, I've got dark rings under my eyes. I've got bags under my eyes. I'm just looking like a mess, you know, and that's not good. It's not good when you've got self-esteem issues and you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you've got bloodshot eyes and you've got bags and dark rings and you just look like a mess. It's not, it's not good when you already sort of think you do, you know, look like a mess at the best of times when you're sleep deprived and, and, and you're sort of showing it on your face that can just make that self-esteem even worse which then leads on to not really wanting to go out in public and see people because you're not putting your best foot forward, you know. Um, so there's been a bit of that too. I've sort of been hiding 
at home because I don't really want to go out in public because I look like a mess. So, you know, there you go. There's, there's, there's how sleep deprivation links to mental health, but in a bit of a roundabout way. Um, speaking of that, so that's a very social anxiety sort of response. In general, my anxiety is way up big time. Like, like all day I've just had this, this feeling that I've forgotten to do something or something's about to happen, but mostly that I've forgotten to do something. I just cannot think of anything that I've forgotten to do. And I really hope that I've ticked all my boxes, but I've had this feeling all day that something's about to explode. And when I really think about it, you know, and try and hone in on on any logic that might be underpinning it, there really isn't any. So to me, the anxiety that I've had today, I think, is a direct consequence of the sleep deprivation because there's no real subject matter to it. It's just this general feeling. So I think, uh, yeah, the sleep deprivation has definitely made my anxiety worse today. Definitely. Um, some other things, uh, what else have I been feeling? Well, I've got a croaky voice. I don't know if you can tell. No, I've not been smoking. Well, I've been vaping a little bit, but this voice is not because of the smokes. I don't do that. It is because of the sleep deprivation. Singers will say one of the worst things that you can do for your voice is be sleep deprived. So there you go. My voice is struggling because of the sleep deprivation. Um, Lack of appetite. So not only have we not been drinking enough liquids, we're also not eating. I've had like, today I've eaten like, I don't even know what I had for breakfast, probably nothing, because I had a doctor's appointment sort of early today. Then what did I do? Like, I don't, I don't even know if I had lunch. I ate some chocolate. I was eating chocolate and sugary crap, but like, I can't, I don't think I've had a decent meal today that I can think of anyway. So, you know. That's not good. And again, you know, not drinking enough water, not eating food. This is bad for your mental health. This is not good, you know, and and that's why in my case, sleep deprivation, not having a good night's sleep is a big problem because it's not just the sleep that falls apart, you know. There's all these other factors that fall apart as well. So a good example of that is eating and drinking. I just haven't done enough of it today. Um... I've also, this was a bit weird, it, it, I don't know, when I look around, a few, I've got to be careful how I say it, I'm not hallucinating, I'm not, but there was a few instances today where out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw something that wasn't actually there, or well, not that so much, it was more, there was something in my periphery, my peripheral vision, and you know, I registered in, in my brain that it was something, but then when I actually looked at it, it was something else. So for example, there was... I don't know, I was outside and there was like a leaf or something and out of the corner of my eye, I thought for sure that it was some big spider thing coming to get me, but it wasn't. It was just a leaf. But I'll tell you, it gave me the fright of my life. I literally jumped. There was no squealing, I don't think, but it was close to squealing. It was almost bubbling to the surface because I was sure this big spider thing was coming to get me, but it was just a leaf, which is interesting because you know, when when people have bad trips with hallucinogenics often people will report big spiders coming after them so now i have not had any hallucinogenics today but sleep deprivation can cause hallucinations and i think it's i don't i wouldn't say today i've been hallucinating but it is interesting that you know that example is is it was a spider that i saw out of my periphery when it was actually a leaf and that is sort of in keeping with with um, hallucinations when people have hallucinogenics like LSD 
and magic mushrooms. Anyway, I don't have the energy to try and break that down, but that's just a sort of point that I thought I'd bring up. Might be a bit of interest to you. What else has happened today? Ticks. I haven't really spoken about this much on the podcast, and I need to, but I have... Uh, I've got so many things going on, but another of the things that I've got going on are motor ticks. So, you know, I do this weird blinking thing. I like curl my wrist and I don't know, like I used to make weird noises and stuff. When I was younger, I actually was legitimately diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. Now everyone thinks Tourette syndrome is just, you know, when you swear out, out you know, you have outbursts and you're swearing and stuff. But that's that, that's not the only part of Tourette's, and, and you can have Tourette's without displaying any of those behaviours. But if you got motor tics, so that means you know, like you're, you know, you're moving your your body around in weird sort of things. So like you know, heck, neck movements or like the wrist thing, as I said, or blinking eyes, and then you also make audible noises. Um, then you have Tourette syndrome. But I don't make the noises anymore, thank goodness. So I've just got the motor ticks now. So it's I, I don't have technically Tourette syndrome anymore, which is a good thing. But when I'm tired and when I'm stressed is when, or, or, you know, and there's a lot of pressure on me is when these ticks get really bad. And it's a problem too, because, you know, I get embarrassed when I do these ticks, you know, I think I look like an idiot. So that's not good when you've got, again, low self-esteem and, and, and it all it creates this sort of negative feedback loop because the more that I do it, the more that I think I look stupid and the worse that my social anxiety gets and then that stress causes more ticks and you know where I'm going with this. But yes, when I'm sleep deprived, my ticks get worse. And even as I'm talking now, like I'm doing this weird wrist thing where I curl my wrist and you know I don't really know why I get the, the need to do it. They think it could be related to anxiety, but I, I don't know. We'll go through that in a future episode. Again, I just don't have the capacity to break that down right now. What else has been happening? Well, I've been sweating a lot, sweating heaps. So I've been really sort of flush. And again, you know, if you're not drinking water and you're sweating all day, you know, that's bad news. So I've been sweating lots. Another symptom this one sucks, and I've said this before on the show, but I'm going to say it again because this is becoming a real big problem, is that my dreams are so negative and depressive and just, oh, there's no escaping this at times. Even sleep isn't an escape from these negative thoughts anymore because my dreams are so depressing. And it, But it's not always like clearly depressing, if that makes sense, like like your typical what you would expect of a depressive sort of dream. Like for some reason lately I've been dreaming, I've got to look this up and see if there's a meaning because this dream keeps happening, which is where, try and picture this, I'm on the ground or something and then I'm trying to get up off the ground but my legs have no strength. It's like I've been squatting at the gym and they've just got nothing left, literally can't even lift my body weight to stand up on my feet and I don't, I don't get why I keep dreaming this but I, I I do keep dreaming this 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 where I'm on the ground and I can't get up because my legs are just so weak and I don't know what it means but it's very stressful like I can I can you know think of these dreams now and the anxiety that it, it provokes within the dream but also in the sort of physical real world because so often this is the sweating again I keep waking up drenched because I'm having these panic attacks during the night when I'm sleeping 
So, you know, and that's partly, I think, why you know, my sleep hasn't been good lately because even when I'm meant to be resting and in a restful state, I'm not. I'm still in the fight or flight sort of mode. You know, I'm having a panic attack. It's not restful. You know, we're still on edge even when we're asleep. Um, there's still more. There's still more. So I can't cognitively restructure when I'm in this state, sleep deprivation. So the brain uses a lot of energy, a lot of energy. Now, to when you've got, you know, depression, anxiety, BPD, you know, what bipolar, whatever, you know, essentially your brain's sort of working against you in a lot of ways, or at least those factors inside the psyche are working against you. And it takes a lot of effort to push back against those negative thoughts and cognitions and, and ultimately those behaviors that flow on as well. So in CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, you know, cognitively restructuring your thoughts and the context in which you perceive them is very important. But the thing is, to do that, it takes a lot of energy. And when you're sleep deprived, when you haven't had enough sleep, you, you, well, I don't, I do not have the energy to fight back against these thoughts. So today has been, well, today's been a write-off, but partly it's been because there's been some, you know, negative thoughts flowing in and, you know, in, into consciousness, and I haven't been able to push back or put the walls up and keep them out because we just don't have the strength. We don't have the troops, you know. It's a war of attrition and we're, we're, we're out on our feet. So no cognitive restructuring has been able to occur today, which is not good. Some more effects. Tell you what, how important is sleep? Seriously. Anyway, more more effects. So my ADHD and the inattentiveness gets a lot worse. Again, for me to focus on something, I suspect takes, well, it does, it takes a lot of energy. So again, lack of energy, um, that, that severely hinders my ability to focus and concentrate. Now, sticking with the ADHD theme a little bit. So you may remember previously I've been on stimulant. Well, actually, I'm on stimulant medication now as well. But previously I was on dexamphetamine and Vyvanse for my ADHD, which is amphetamine, you know, speed, essentially, pharmaceutical grade. Now, really good for ADHD, really, really good. It's a shame I'm not on it anymore because I don't have a psychiatrist currently. Anyway, it's a different story. I'll talk about that in a future episode. But what Vyvanse and Dexamphetamine is also good at is keeping you awake. So in the past, when I've you know had to go to work on no sleep, you know I've just shoved a bit of Dexamphetamine into me, and you know we've been able to perk up and and get through it. But we're not on that stimulant medication anymore, so it's it's a lot more difficult. What I am on at the moment is Modafinil. Modafinil's like I don't know Vyvanse light you could say. Um, it's actually a wakefulness drug, technically, but I have found that modafinil is not as effective when I'm in this state as the Vyvanse or the dexamphetamine is. So yeah, that's, that's, that's not very good. But then at the same time, I think back to, and like, you know, there'd be days there where I would push through on the Vyvanse or the dex and, you know, yeah, okay, great, we got through the day, but what's the damage that we're doing? You know, we, we, it's a Band-Aid solution. We're covering up, you know, the fact that we're sleep deprived, which is not good for your health. And then we're loading up on stimulant medication just to get through. Like, that can't be good for you. 
So in some ways, it's a good thing I don't have the Vyvanse or Dexamphetamine anymore because it forces me to slow down and actually try and get some rest instead of getting all revved up and just, you know, pushing my my tiredness aside, my fatigue. <clears throat> so you're probably thinking, I don't know, maybe you're not, I'm thinking about how, you know, what what, what I do or what I take for sleep. So I'm on Seroquel or Quetiapine, um, which is an antipsychotic, and it also focuses in on histamine receptors. I'm not going to go through all the biochemistry, but, you know, it's an antihistamine and therefore it, it invokes sleep. Now, Seroquel, so when I was at, in hospital at Maitland Private, the goal was we were trying to titrate off Seroquel, you know, because remember we were trying to get down to as little medications as we need. So the plan was that in the community, so when I got back home, I would continue lowering my dose of Seroquel. It started when I was in hospital, I was, I was well, not started, but when I went into hospital, I was having 100 a night. And then I got it down to, I think, 25 when I left. And the idea was the last 25, I was going to wean myself off back in the community, you know, out, outside of the hospital setting. Now, the problem is my serical use has crept back up to 100 milligrams because we're struggling to sleep. So that's not good. We're, we're, we're more dependent again. There's an increase of dependency on this antipsychotic medication for sleep which is not what we were aiming for. So that's that's something that's that's not good. And what also isn't good is that sometimes it just isn't enough. So last night, last night I had like 100, 150 milligrams of quetiapine and I coupled it with another antipsychotic that I've spoken about before, alanzapine, which also invokes uh, sleep, or, or theoretically it does, using um, working on the same sort of mechanisms that, that quetiapine does, the histamine receptors. Anyway, so, you know, combining two antipsychotics together, you know, should absolutely floor you. But that's the thing. Last night, you know, I had five milligrams, which is decent, of alanzapine, 150 of quetiapine, put them together. That, you know, that, that should knock you out for days. It, it didn't really, it, well, it didn't. It didn't do the job. And that's, that's, not good because if 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 they're not doing the job, you know, you got Buckleys are going to sleep, you know, really any other way. Like a, a warm glass of milk might help some people, but it's it doesn't really, you know, compare to the antipsychotic medication. So you know, not only are we relying on the antipsychotic medication for sleep more than we were, which is definitely not part of our long term plan. It's actually not as efficacious either. So the effects are not as great as it used to be. That could be a tolerance thing, but either way, it's not good. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm running real rough. Just running rough. Um, uh, where was I? Um, yeah, so I went to the doctors today and I floated the idea of, of possibly having a PRN prescription for a hypnotic benzodiazepine. Like Valium is a hypnotic uh, uh, benzodiazepine, temazepam is as well. That was the one I was sort of gunning for, but my doctor decided um, that it wasn't a good idea, which which is more than fair enough because benzodiazepines are very easy. You can get addicted to them very, very easily and the withdrawals are, are absolute hell. So in some ways, I'm sort of happy that we didn't go forward with my little plan there. But, you know, 
I did ask the question though, because when I'm in these states and I just can't sleep, you know, I'm desperate. And we know what it's like, you know. You know, the more you think, geez, I really need to sleep, the more difficult it is to actually get sleep. And, you know, that's why I thought maybe introducing for these sort of acute moments um, a hypnotic benzodiazepine might be a good idea just to make sure that we do get that sleep. But um, it was decided that that probably isn't the best course of action, which, yeah, I can see the logic behind that. That is for sure. And you shouldn't really combine any psychotics with benzodiazepines anyway. You know, that they're all depressants, slowing everything down. Um, so it's not really a good idea. So that's been, so that is a bit of a uh, overview of, oh yeah, and the last thing, uh, and the last thing is, um, yeah, I've had some tremors in my hands. So not only are we doing the, the wrist movements, but our, 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 my hands are uh, tremoring a bit and I've sort of got restless legs as well. Fair dinkum. So my legs are sort of shaking. I can't really stop it because, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, it, it's just something I'm doing. Um, so, yeah, so that's the story. Sleep deprivation, it's not fun, but it's especially not fun when you've already got a bit of stuff going on. And that's the thing, you know, being in this state of mind, it amplifies the negative. So my depressive sort of thoughts are worse. My anxiety is worse. You know, my ADHD is worse. My BPD hasn't been, but the others have sort of, you know, done done enough damage. Um, the social anxiety is worse. OCD is not particularly good either. You know, everything, all the negative is sort of amplified because we don't have the energy to push back and cognitively restructure and get some positive thoughts going because it takes too much work and when you're in this state it's very difficult so there you go that is a little episode i hope i hope that yeah offers some insights i think as i said i think everybody you know i'm not the only person in the world that has trouble sleeping sometimes but it's the thing that really gets me is though when, when i do have a bad night's sleep, like everything falls apart. It's not just, oh, you know, I didn't eat much today or, oh, you know, I didn't drink enough water. Like everything falls apart. It's a complete write-off. It's so frustrating. And like I said at the top of the episode, my mood is pretty brittle at the best of times. It doesn't take much for me to dip into the sort of depressive zone and sleep deprivation is one hell of a way to get me into my personal hell. So today has been a struggle, but look, we got a podcast episode done, which is great. That's a positive step, and hopefully tonight I'll have a better sleep because I am working tomorrow, although not at 5 a.m., which is good. Hopefully tonight, wish me luck, I'll have a better night's sleep, and we'll be back to our best before we know it. All right, thank you everybody for listening. I do appreciate it. Um that that was a that was a bit of a slog that episode but as i said you know maybe that offers some insights and a few years are going through something similar and you know it's not just you it's not just me you know this is pretty common unfortunately all right thank you for listening and i'll see you next time here on the disregulated podcast